All right, this is Brent Leary, and I'm sitting here at this really cool conference, NextCon. And I'm sitting here with the man who made it happen, Tomas Gorney, the CEO and founder of Nextiva. Tomas, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us here at NextCon. And, you know, a lot of, of our employees made it happen. It's just <laughs> not me. I, I come up with those crazy ideas very often, and then we have the we have the employees that actually make it happen. Very cool. But, you know, this is the first year of uh, NextCon. Uh, I think it's been a really fabulous success so far. You had almost 2,000 people here yeah. attending and have, participating. Yeah, absolutely. 2,000 people attending and over 2,500 registered. So That's, that's a really great uh, conference for the first go-around. Yes. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, one of the big announcements you made around NextOS, but mm -hmm. before we do that, uh, maybe give us a little bit of yourself, your little, uh, your entrepreneurial journey. I know you've got a big one, but maybe give us a little, uh, a 30,000 foot view of how we got here today. Let me try it. I am not <laughs> so good at the 30,000 <laughs> view, but, um, so I was born in Poland. Um, I grew up in Poland um, while it was still communism. And, um, Early on already, um, I had a dream to come to America. I think I was like six, seven years old. And my parents reminded me on this even recently saying that, you know, I was sitting there and saying, I, I'm going to America. And, you know, we were living in a small town and this is many years ago. And so, you know, and my parents, you know, said to themselves, they looked at themselves, say, we, we don't know anybody in America, <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, we were living practically in a village. And so, um, uh, and then um, later, we actually had relative in Germany and at the age of 14, uh, I moved to Germany because I wanted to ultimately go to business school. I ended up going to high school and then uh, into college and, uh, and I have uh, got more exposure now to the Western world and, and to United States. And when I was 16, I decided to come out to United States, to California, to visit. And the reason why I was so fascinated with America is because it's kind of a funny story. I loved movies. And I was watching the movie 90, uh, uh, Beverly Hills 9210 and Wall Street. And so I said, Wall Street, not the corruption, but I said, but just the capitalism intrigued me. And then 9210, you know, I said, that's the place where I want to live. And... <laughs> You know, that's kind of uh, the cap capitalism. That's the place where I want to go. And so I ended up coming to California uh, to visit when I was 16. And I loved that. And at that point in time, I decided I will move to the United States. And uh, I found an immigration lawyer at that time and went back to Germany. I actually started a business there, my first business. And then uh, I grew it and, you know, was trying to save as much money possible. And then while I was doing this, I was going to college. And eventually, you know, because I was already on the journey, knowing that I will end up in the United States, I was building relationships and connections. And an opportunity presented itself uh, before I even graduated. And so I decided, you know, I, I'm leaving everything behind, sold my business for, you know, just little money, just enough to come out here and came out to America and then arrived here in the United States uh, at the age of 20. Uh, and uh, I was very fortunate because somebody uh, 
took me on in their business. I became minority shareholder of that business and I was working my ass off. And for the very first two years, you know, um, I wasn't making any money and I actually ran out of my money and I had to live like literally of $3 a day and I was doing, you know, valley parking, carpet cleaning. I was doing any job I could do, um, you know, just to survive. But, you know, I, I didn't feel pity for myself. I, you know, I felt I am in the land of opportunity where I want to be and I felt like, you know, this is, this, this is the journey I want to go on. I actually felt really good about it. And then a couple of years later, we sold the business. So I was very excited. And then this gave me, gave me an opportunity to start new businesses. And we did. And then, uh, long story short, uh, uh, three years later, because of some unfortunate events in the business and some of the peoples I was, people I was working in, and because of September 11 economy, kind of everything went against me. And, you know, I went from having really nothing to becoming a multimillionaire to be really not knowing how I will pay my next mortgage in yeah. October of 2011. And, um, you know, I decided to go back to the industry where I originally started, which was web hosting. But I decided to go back because um, the, when we sold our business, the web hosting industry didn't evolve more. I expected it will evolve significantly more. And, you know, my passion is about solving problems and with technology. And my passion developed in the early years, although, you know, my family was relatively poor. At the age of 11, my dad bought me. He saw how fascinated I saw an Atari at somebody's house, and he saw how fascinated uh, I was with that. And he, you know, scraped you know the last pennies that he had, and he bought me an Atari. And when he bought me the Atari, you know, that's where my first passion for computers started, at what computers actually can do. And then later, when I came to uh, to Germany, he actually took a loan to buy me a PC. It was 286, if you remember those computers. <laughs> the IBM, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and and you know, it's just it was just DOS. And then it was just on the edge of the transition from DOS to Windows. And when when that transition happened, that's I was I think it's pivotal moment in my career that actually carries me until today, because I looked at this and I said, you know, all of this complex. Uh, uh, command lines that I have to type in. Now I can execute with a click on a mouse, with you know, with a button, with a window. I was fascinated by that experience, and and so, you know, web hosting was as complicated as DOS even in 2000 uh, uh, in in 2001, and and I said to myself, look, there is a much better experience needed. And um, people still needed web designer, web programmer. It was expensive for people to build a website. And I said that, you know, I can, I can change that. And, and we did. And we built a large company. Later, we merged with a smaller competitor. And then we took the parent company public in 2013. And it's today uh, one of the, uh, the largest companies uh, in, uh, in the world in web hosting um, with over a billion dollars in revenue. And so, and then in 2008, I saw the same gap in the, um, in the security market, in the website security market, where websites were being compromised. And the web hosting providers said, you know, this is not our business. This is the website's owner's business. And the website owner said, look, I sign up with you guys, so you should protect me. So I saw that gap in the market. And I always try to identify the gaps in the market and see if there is actually market in that gap. Mm. And... 
And there was, and there was nobody serving that. And we developed that company, and today it is the largest uh, website security company in the world. It's, it is called Sidelock, uh, with 8 million websites that we protect. And so then Nextiva started around the same time. And for the same reason, I, with Nextiva, the opportunity we saw, and it wasn't only me, uh, I'm a co-founder of the company, um, the opportunity we saw in business communication that really business communication hasn't evolved for many years, you know, almost for 50 years. There were incremental changes, but there was a huge um, kind of attitude of protectionism, of protecting the PBBX, protecting the revenue stream of those big companies, and really didn't allow every business to take advantage of the modern technologies. And, you know, we pride ourselves in democratizing technologies. That doesn't mean that we only make technologies available for SMBs, but it means that, you know, we want technology to be available for everybody. And we want, you know, level the playing field of tech. And so we love that challenge. And that's where we started uh, Nextiva with the most fundamental service, which ultimately was the phone. But only on, already very early on in 2010, we knew that we want to be significantly more than just, you know, a voice company. Uh, it took us longer than we anticipated to build the voice product and voice functionality because we came with no experience in the industry. Wow. And we just came pr pretty much from the perspective we want to solve a problem. And, um, but we, we knew that, you know, what I announced uh, at NextCon today uh, or a couple of days ago was exactly where we wanted to go. And in a way, how things work out is actually good that it took us longer because if we would have started earlier, we would probably use different set of technologies. Mm -hmm. Over the last six years, technologies have evolved tremendously, which allows us today to build uh, what we're building on truly modern tech that will live for the next 10, 15, 20 years and allow, allows us to be very flexible in the way we build uh, uh, our product. And so it happened for a reason, but we, we, you know, we, today we, we're a good side business. We're one of the leaders in voice communication and then we're transitioning to the full business communication because we truly believe that you know, voice eventually just will be a feature of uh, you know, of, of business communication, like many other things, like chat and like calendaring and maybe even CRM. And, um, and we, we want to provide that complete solution, but without, you know, making it feel like this heavy overhead of like enterprise solution. So let me jump in there and yeah. ask you, because uh, CRM is, is an area that I've watched and followed over the years. Um, and there are a lot of players in the CRM space. You have the big guys, you have the sales yeah. forces, you got the Microsofts, a whole slew. Um, but I like, you said something, you said you, when you jump into a business, it's because you see something, you see an opportunity. So what opportunity did you see in the CRM customer engagement space that uh, the big guys may not have they, been uh, Okay, seeing? absolutely. I, you know, um, you, a lot of CRMs, um, focus on the sales aspect of, you know, of uh, the solution is focused on the sales part uh, uh, versus su supporting and, and nurturing a customer. Uh, and more solution now transitioning to the, to the support and customer relationship part as well. But historically, where 
Salesforce found its success was on the sales side of, of the house. Um, but this is not necessarily where we saw the opportunity because we expect that the world will evolve and that people will look at, at all of the aspects of you know, serving, uh, uh, serving customers from sales all the way uh, to supporting them. But where we saw the opportunity is that a lot of the solutions in the market today uh, were built on dated technologies. And we believe that you cannot solve today's communication problems with dated technologies just building applications on top of each other, mm -hmm. or with siloed technologies, you know, like if a lot of individual products in the marketplace that promise that they will work nicely together, but they ultimately don't. And integrations, regardless um, what, what people promise today, they are still clunky, and they never give you the holistic view of the customer in one place. And we believe that in an organization, you truly need the holistic view of the customer. Because what you really need is the, not only view of the customer, but view of the customer at the individual level and in real time. And then you got to be able to provide that information uh, throughout the entire organization. And it has to be actionable information. You know, and everyone in the organization has to have it from the customer-facing employees all the way to the CEO when they need it. You know, the CEOs of today, they can look at reports and uh, stats, but the, the people actually that deal with the customers, they need it right there and right now. And, and I think there's a big gap uh, in the market that really doesn't solve for that problem. And um, we have developed a lot of patent pending technology, which we're very confident will get improved will get approved because it's very unique that is solving that that issue really understanding the customer in real time and if you saw the keynote we kind of addressed that part uh, how easy it is for a customer facing employee uh, anybody in organization that communicate with the customer really to get the insight and the, the customer journey because ultimately you know everybody talks about it and i know there are big keywords tracking customer journey and understanding the customer and and you know they are needed really to create this excitement but really making it happen and making it happen for real and making it rock it's it's a different thing than just talking about it and that's exactly what we are doing here we we're very action oriented and we have applied a lot of those principles in our own organization, as I said throughout the keynotes, we need to make our organization better. So we have developed a proven system that we believe will serve organizations well. And that's where I think it's the, the big gap in the market because, you know, ultimately tools are commodity. Or if they're not today, they will become commodity. You know, one chat versus another chat, you know, a little bit more features versus a little bit less features will be the same. The same thing in the CRM. Mm -hmm. a solution, but, but, but really bringing it all together and using that intelligent to serve the customers better, that's unique. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the machine learning, yeah. the analytics, because that's uh, uh, one of the big uh, talking points over the last several months has been how CRM companies are, are actually snatching up, buying machine learning companies, deep learning, AI, and, and creating a platform of intelligence that crosses over so that those insights can be surfaced 
and hopefully surface in a way that they can be actionable. So maybe you talk about your approach to that. Yeah, you know, I, our main approach to this is that it is ultimately sort of all in one place. Right, that because it, you know, as I also spoke about, is it is not only about the customer experience, but it is also about the employee experience in the organization, and a lot of the solutions that, that today are in the market, like I mentioned before, they are still built on silo technology or on silo technologies or data technologies that are not well integrated. They they are trying to be integrated and be plugged in, but it's ultimately about really and knowing how to use them and use them effectively. And, you know, we are extremely uh, focused to design products that are very appealing and, and we are very conscious about the user experience because the users will stare at the product more likely for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And if you look at something for 10, 12 hours a day, you want to make sure you're not going to get sick <laughs> of it, right? right? And that you actually want to be looking at that. And so, uh, you know, we, we believe in kind of that Apple experience that you just got to feel that experience. And I think that's where we differentiate ourselves. You know, I have, they're always very difficult. I ask that, ask that question all the time about other companies mm -hmm. and what they do, how they do this. And, you know, and I've been asked this throughout now different industries. Uh, you know, early on when I was in hosting, people say Google going to kill you uh, because they run web hosting. And then, you know, later on in security, it was about McAfee and other guys. You know, and what I have learned really is that I can not focus on things that I cannot control. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, of course, I stay informed, but you know, I almost put them to the side and I ignore them. And I can maybe learn from them, but I really focus on what the pain, the customer pain point is. And a lot of products today in the market, they are designed to sell technology, not to solve pain points. Uh, and what we want, we want to create a solution that sells itself. And that's what we have done several times throughout our history, and that's what, what I love about what we do. And secondly, you know, we are living in a very competitive world, and, um, it, and, and we will build, and we are building an enterprise-grade solution without that enterprise overhead and feel, but at the same time, we're pricing it very consciously so everybody can afford it. And, and I think that there's going to be a competitive advantage as well. Not only providing a product that, that matters, that rocks, that is effective and solves real pain points for our customers and their customers ultimately and employees, but also that it's priced effectively that actually people say, look, if I use, you know, if I have this trade-off between using Nextiva versus somebody else, I will go with Nextiva because not only they have a better product, but also, you know, they really, really are the most cost-efficient solution in the marketplace and they're not going to nickel and dime me. And this was generally Nextiva's kind of, it's a Nextiva's attitude. All these 150 features that I announced that we have launched to NextOS, none of them we have charged additional fees. Mm. When you look at companies, what companies do today, they, you know, they try to monetize of, uh, on any and every little thing. And you know, this is just not our attitude. Of course, you know, we, we are not a nonprofit organization. 
and we, you know, we need revenue and we want to grow and we want to create value for the organization in order to support the organization and continue to innovate. But at the same time, we are conscious about the people that we serve. And we're making sure that, you know, we know what we want to charge for and versus don't want to charge for. And that's our always constant conversations that we have internally. Last question. Um, it sounds like what you just described, going against these big guys, going into these industries that are with big comp competition, but being able to find a way to succeed. That sounds like a, a rule breaker yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And we, we, we were at the rule breaker uh, event last night. So give us your best rule breaker for small businesses that are trying to find their niche, trying to find their way to be successful. Absolutely. You know, the main thing is that what I would like, what I always encourage businesses, especially small businesses, to focus on the value they provide to the customers versus focus on an exit strategy. Too many businesses today, when they start, they focus on the external outcome. And if you focus too much on an external outcome, you may forget to build your business. Mm -hmm. But if you focus on building your business, your external outcome may be significantly better than you have ever envisioned. And that's really is my number one rule in business. You know, for us personally, we were never focused on selling business, going public, merging. We were focused on the customer. And the one time that I was actually, I shift my paradigm after first I succeeded in the United States and I was focused more on wealth creation, that was the time I failed. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, and this works for me. I don't think so it will work for everybody, but generally speaking, I feel that, that being focused on business and creating value is the best thing any business owner can do. And then good things will happen. Thomas, this has been a, a real pleasure. First of all, coming to the conference, uh, seeing the uh, customers, they're very uh, active, they're very into the conference. And for the first go around, I think it's been a, a great success. So thanks again for your time. And hopefully maybe next year, we'll get a chance to, to see and hear and, and, and learn more. About oh, this. absolutely, you will. We already have big plans. <laughs> okay. So I smile. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, thank I you. I tweeted a couple times while All you right. were doing All right.